do you need a million dollars to retire? What if it was only $300,000? What if all you have is social security? One of the myths people believe about financial advisors is that you need to be uber wealthy to hire one. Well, I'm going to share with you a simple framework for managing your money that is used by the wealthy, but can benefit you as well. Let's dive into it. If you know anything about aviation, you know that pilots use checklists. When I went through my pilot training to get the FAA private pilot license, yeah, I had a book of checklists with me. I had to use a checklist when I was doing the pre-flight, taxi takeoff, landing, and also checklists for in-flight emergencies. Safety is important, and so you never want to rely on your memory, especially when there are several steps involved, and some of those checklists can get pretty lengthy. So I bring that to finances because I think that's a really good mindset to have. A lot of times in my experience, what I've seen is that most financial problems are recurring but solvable, and without a checklist, you're just basically winging it, and there's a pretty good chance you're overlooking the important things that you need to take care of. And of course, once I started using a framework for my money, that really changed the way we were able to manage our finances. And it gives you a set of tools to be able to tackle any kind of financial problem or challenge that you come across. So what I want to share with you is a five-point financial planning checklist that I use with my clients. And this checklist will help you. It will serve as your roadmap to retirement and give you direction as you build wealth for your family. The checklist includes five areas. There's cash flow, investment strategy, tax strategy, insurance, and estate planning. And now let's dive into each one of these in detail. So let's start with cash flow. This is gonna be the anchor of your financial plan, so it's a really important place to start. Cash flow is king. Your income doesn't matter. It's your budget that's important. The reason why I say that is because making money and managing money are distinct skill sets. Making money does you no good if you can't manage it well. If you think that's counterintuitive, consider this fact. Out of households making $200,000 a year or more, 40% of them are living paycheck to paycheck. You can also think of more famous examples of like music artists, athletes, actors who made a huge fortune and then lost it all. Another key point here to remember is that your income is your primary tool for building wealth. So your budget is going to be a key part of your roadmap to retirement. During your working years, you have to make important decisions to allocate money towards multiple financial goals. Paying off your consumer debt, anything that's not a mortgage, building an emergency fund, paying off the mortgage, investing 15% of your income or more. These are key milestones to help you prepare for retirement. And this all happened in your budget, which is why I say it's a really core part of your financial plan. This is how you're going to get to that retirement where you can live comfortably. Now let's look at your investment strategy. You build wealth by owning assets that appreciate over time, right? We can't save our way to retirement, so we have to invest our money. But your investment strategy should support your goals, not the other way around. 
picking an abstract a risk tolerance category and asset allocation is not the best place to start. You want to start with your goals and then back into the right investment strategy to achieve that goal. So for example, if you're more than five years out from retirement, your goal is for your money to get you to retirement. After you've retired, your goal is for your money to get you through retirement. So a portfolio for a younger person is going to look different from someone who's already retired. But no two retirees are the same either because in one household, uh, they may need income from their investments every year, whereas another household doesn't need any income from their portfolio because they have other income sources to meet their needs. So even among retirees, from household to household, you might see different strategies and different portfolios because they have different needs and different goals. Consider as well that your expenses are going to change throughout retirement. So you want to withdraw a plan that's also flexible. You can tailor your portfolio so that different portions are invested to meet your needs in different phases of retirement. And now let's look at tax planning. There's no getting around paying your taxes, unfortunately, but that doesn't mean that we have to give Uncle Sam a tip. Tax professionals usually think about how to shrink your tax bill this year, whereas financial advisors are thinking about how to reduce your taxes over your lifetime. And that's the main goal of this part of your plan, reducing what you pay over your lifetime, which is not a fixed amount. And sometimes that means taking a tax hit this year because you're going to pay less in taxes in the years to come. So you're going to feel that tension. And it's so and it's important that you have your tax and financial professionals on the same page who are giving you advice. Thoughtful planning, including tactics like Roth conversions, tax gain or, or tax loss harvesting, charitable giving, things like that that can enhance your tax situation, allow you to retain more of your earnings, which means you'll pay less in taxes over time, be able to spend more and you know, accomplish your other goals in retirement. Again, we just don't want to pay more in taxes than what's necessary. Now we look at insurance or risk. All the planning in the world is useless if something happens and you don't have the right protection in place. The central question in this part of our plan is, how do we put protections in place to mitigate those risks? Retirement plans can be derailed by healthcare emergencies, long-term care emergencies, and other unexpected events. So this makes an insurance strategy essential. You wanna ask yourself, what do you need to cover? What are the appropriate levels of coverage? Consider these types of insurance. Uh, there's term life insurance, long-term disability, long-term care, especially after the age of 60. And then there's also umbrella coverage to provide an extra layer of liability protection, especially as your net worth crosses the million-dollar threshold. Now, this is just only a partial list, but you want to think through what are the various risks to your plan that could derail things and what can you do uh, to mitigate those risks? And finally, we look at estate planning as part of this checklist. Money is personal, so you don't want a judge deciding what happens to your assets when you're gone. Estate planning is about providing for the people you love and you care about the most. When they're grieving your loss, they shouldn't have to also pick up the pieces of financial mess. I've talked with many people who reached out to me after a parent died or a family member died and they and seeing what they go through, trying to piece things together, trying to find out what all accounts are out there. And it's just basically going to feel like kind of walking through a landmine because you're going to find that there are accounts that are out there that you can't get access to. And there's going to be these catch 22s. There's going to be a lot of difficulty, a lot of paperwork, a lot of phone calls, a lot of waiting on hold. 
it can be a mess and you can spare your loved ones that hassle, especially during that morning period after you're gone by putting together the planning now and getting everything in place so that they don't have to worry about anything or make big decisions. The central question here in the estate planning part of our plan is how do you want your assets to be distributed after you're gone? So start with your unique priorities, like taking care of a spouse or children, uh, maybe leaving gifts for grandkids or giving money to ministries, charities, or schools that you care about. Basically, if something were to happen to you and or your spouse, who will take care of those current responsibilities? And keep in mind, you don't have to dump all that work on one person, and you probably shouldn't. You might have one person in mind who's best equipped to take care of your kids, while someone else is better off handling the money that you leave behind. And don't forget, you have assets with little or no monetary value. But that doesn't mean, though, that they're not valuable. I've heard some crazy stories. You may have heard them as well, where there are big fights, relationship that got destroyed, million-dollar lawsuits where kids were fighting over an item that was probably worth 20 or 30 bucks. But even though it might not sell for a lot, the sentimental value of that is priceless. So ask your kids, actually, if there is anything that they would like to have when you're gone. You might be surprised by what you learn. And it's good to find out now rather than let them fight over figuring out who gets what. Now, complete estate plan, multiple parts to it. There's access to your digital assets, like passwords to accounts, email accounts, bank accounts, and other such things. There's the power of attorney for financial issues, for medical issues. There's the beneficiary designations on all of your accounts, and not just retirement accounts, other investment accounts, bank accounts, life insurance. There's a letter of instruction that you might want to write to provide some extra context and clear instructions about what you want done with your assets. There's a trust, if that's applicable for you, a will. So these all fit into your estate plan. And if you haven't created an estate plan, has it been more than five years since you created it or reviewed that estate plan? If so, your estate plan is probably out of date and you probably need to bring it up to date. There's probably been some changes, so it's worth it to take a look at that, pull it off the shelf, dust it off, and review that. If you haven't created one, can't stress how important enough it is to have someone help you put that together. The higher the stakes, the more the net worth, the more assets and money involved, the more reason you have to invest that time, that money, and that effort to work with a professional and help you put that together. But most importantly, it's the last act of love from you to your loved ones. Again, sparing them a lot of heartache and work that they would have to do cleaning up, you know, a disorganized mess that you leave behind. So the best thing that you can do for them is plan for that now. So you have that five point planning checklist. I like to also pair that up with the baby steps. And with that, with these two frameworks, you have a fantastic money roadmap to guide you to retirement. And as a quick recap, working the baby steps, which gives you some direction in terms of what to work on right now, what to do next, and then what to do after that. After you've covered your bills, when you have some surplus income, you set aside $1,000 as a starter emergency fund. That's step one. Step two is use the debt snowball approach to pay off your consumer debt. And by consumer debt, I mean anything that's not a mortgage. And the debt snowball approach is where you attack the debts in order from smallest balance to the largest balance. Then step three is build up that emergency fund. Go back to that starter emergency fund, raise it up from $1,000 to six months of living expenses. If you're a few years out from retirement, 
you're probably going to want to start working on building that up to six to 12 months of living expenses. Put that into a dedicated savings account at a bank. Baby step four then is investing 15% of your income for retirement. Baby step five, if you have kids, setting aside a certain amount of money for college. Baby step six is paying off the mortgage early. And what does early mean? Well, the average millionaire retiree has paid off their mortgage in uh, roughly 11 years. Last time I checked, give or take a year or two. So something in that 10 to 15 year range is what you want to shoot for. And uh, certainly by the time you retire, that's a big milestone. Can't really encourage that enough to have that mortgage knocked out by the time you walk into retirement. Then when you have all that done, you're at baby step seven at the end of the process and you just continue to build wealth and keep giving it and keep enjoying it and go back to those retirement accounts. Maybe you max those out, the contribution limits there at your workplace retirement plan and your IRIS. So that gives you a really good pair of a couple of frameworks that you can use to get from where you are onto a path towards retirement and with some certainty and with a plan that you know aligns with your goals, however you define them. So hope you appreciated that. I hope that was helpful. Uh, thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And until next time, again, this is Barakat Kaloli. Thank you. Discussions in this podcast should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the SO Show. <laughs> Bring the band in. So I gotta go get it, uh, this life getting all my attention Don't you worry, I don't burn my bridges Look at these words, I'm so artistic Paint this canvas, uh, looking fantastic Even when I know there's madness Trust me, I've tasted and seen it happens But I still go out and get it like a savage, uh So I don't worry about things I can't control no more Taking all of my problems, put them on the